Hey, hockey moms, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Out, Jocelyn Lamaru. Two goals apiece in the shootout. Lamaru moving in on Zabanas. She beats and scores! Oh my gosh. That's electrifying. That's as good as you're going to see anywhere. Great move, great hands, great deception. Finding the hole right there. We saw her take a shootout earlier in this tournament, unable to capitalize. Makes it count today. Must beat Rooney to keep Canada's hopes alive. She is stuck! The United States wins gold in Pyeongchang! Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 23. We have the usual suspects with us tonight. Patrick Uncle Artie Sullivan coming in from Asheville, North Carolina, our producer in the house. What's up, Patrick? Bonjour. And our local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters, coming in from Canton. What's up, Robbie? Hey, how you doing? And our sports guy slash researcher, Derek D-Train Hiku. What's up, Derek? What's up, sweet nose? We also have John Shea Shea Shaver coming in from the Berg. What's up, Shay? Oh, boys, thanks for having me. And your host tonight, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Mm -hmm. Doctor. And our special guest tonight, Brianna Decker with the Calgary Inferno now. How you doing, Brianna? Good, how are you doing? First of all, am I saying your name correctly? Is it Brianna or Brianna? It's Brianna, but uh, living in different places of the U.S., I get both, and I'm, I respond to both, so, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I actually heard, I've heard both, so I wasn't really sure. Where are you tonight? Um, I'm actually in Minnesota. Uh, I've been helping run a girls' clinic out in Minnesota this last few days, so it's been a pretty good uh, experience over here. So were you up in Lake Placid a little while ago? Yeah, I was in Lake Placid for about a week and a half, and then um, helping out. I'm actually coaching the U18s for the U.S. team this year, and so I'm assistant coach for them. So I helped out there for about a week, and then headed to Calgary because there was a series against Canada. Oh, nice. So are you, um, when is the U18 championships? When's that happening? Um, they're in January. So, and they're actually the World Championship are actually in Japan this year. So it'll be a pretty exciting trip for. Not only the staff, but for the young players as well. So has your summer been hanging out, relaxing a little bit? Yeah, it's been a mixture of um, whether I'm working out or working camps. Had quite a bit of weddings to go to as well this summer. And so that's been kind of a hard balance. But I've been able to do everything that I've wanted to do and been traveling a lot. So um, I can't complain. Nice. Yeah, you're at the age like 28. Everybody's getting married. So you just spend money every <laughs> other weekend. and. <laughs> Have a good exactly, time. Exactly. And then when you're in the wedding, you're spending more money. So. Yeah, it's crazy. So how how is that going to work, uh, Brianna, for you going to Japan, playing in the uh, CWHL? Are you going to be able to do both? Yeah, I've talked to the, uh, the Inferno, and they understand, obviously, I'm going to have commitments, whether it's my, my own playing career with the U.S. team or if I'm coaching for U18. So, yeah, when I take, when I go to Japan, it's going to be obviously a pretty big break for me, but they're nothing but supportive um, with that. Perfect. So, Brianna, I, listen, I was, um, was kind of looking at your resume, and I was feeling pretty good about where I've come from in my life to where I am now. And then I read about you, and I thought, holy shit, what have I done with myself? But... <laughs> 
<laughs> does the fact where like does the fact that you have accomplished all these things in your life kind of feel somewhat surreal even to you or um honestly i don't really think about it too much i think um you talk to a lot of the, like the team that i'm on and the u.s team or a lot of the players aren't that i surround myself with we all have these expectations that we set out to do and goals that we set out to reach uh, i've been fortunate enough to hit a lot of those i i think i still have more in my pocket that i want to you know be able to reach and hit but and obviously coaching um is one of them and being able to be a successful coach as well but kind of i, I don't think about it too often but when i'm on interviews like this people tend to mention them and it's um I guess I'm thankful for the experiences that I've had. Would you say your parents are proud of you, you think? <laughs> yeah, my parents are very proud of me. <laughs> How about your brothers? Do your brothers uh, still play hockey? Uh, no, they, no one lo no longer plays. Uh, my two older brothers uh, stopped playing a, a while ago. Um, my younger brother just finished D3 hockey for um, UW Concordia in Milwaukee. So he's done. Now he's got a uh, you know, nine to five big guy job. Right. So, Brianna, I, I'm curious, how, you know, tell us about your history. How, how did you get here? You know, I read a little bit how you, you know, grew up uh, watching your brothers play and that's how you get started. But, uh, you know, please share with us and, you know, your your listeners, uh, your your history, please. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I grew up with three brothers and two older, one younger, and they got me playing, playing hockey. Uh, kind of started out in the pond, but they just, I played on the driveway all the time, street hockey with them as well. But I just, um, I found a passion for it when I was younger. And I give my brothers though a lot of credit in regards to making me as competitive as I am. Definitely hate losing. And so that, um, I think that has to do probably more so with my older brothers when I was younger, but my younger brother caught up to me pretty quick. So I had to get on a competitive train every day with them. But uh, yeah, so I grew up in a yeah, small town, Wisconsin, and I ended up, just kind of, you know, I ended up going to prep school for high school in Minnesota at Shattuck St. Mary's. But when I was younger, uh, there was only really boys hockey around. And so um, I played youth boys hockey growing up. And from there, yeah, I went to prep school, like I said. And now it's my goal right now is kind of to grow the game, grow women's sports, women's hockey especially, uh, to have those youth programs for women's hockey be great programs for young girls to play in. That's awesome. I mean, what you've accomplished is uh, big time. And actually, my, my nephew is Jordan Greenway, and he went to uh, Shattuck St. Mary's also. So I've been out there. Big big hockey farm. Oh, yeah. Brianna, what, what, what do you do besides hockey? Like, uh, are you a water skier or uh, let's get off the hockey topic? What's uh, What do you typically like to do? I mean, since you mentioned water skiing, that would be pretty amazing. But um, I, I hadn't done that too much growing up. But um, I, I love golfing in the summer. Obviously, a lot of hockey players love to golf, but um, love playing golf. And, I mean, I know it's, like, obviously bringing it back to hockey, like coaching and stuff, but I do really enjoy coaching and hanging out with other coaches as well, learning a lot then. But I guess another hobby of mine would just be traveling. Um, I really enjoy it. And I'm, I'm hoping to be able to travel a little bit more once I'm done with hockey so I can experience more places and depth and not just go from hotel to rink, hotel to rink. Where's the the destination you still wanna you know you wanna travel to? Um, I haven't I haven't been over to like Italy or um or Ireland, so like those are my two that I would probably want to hit up right away, and then um probably Australia as well. I think uh, you said you didn't want to be traveling in hotels and stuff, but I think you're going to be a, a coach in one of the leagues you're playing in eventually. So I think uh, 
you're going to be traveling for a while in hotels. Yeah, I hope so. Um, that'd be awesome if I could eventually be a coach for one of the pro teams. And, you know, hopefully the leagues by that point, too, are even more substantial than they are now. So is it coaching the Calgary Coach Miller? Is that who was out there? Yeah, Shannon, yeah, Shannon Miller just was announced the coach uh, like a few weeks ago, months ago. So how's that going to be played for her? Do you know her or do you just know of her? No, I, I, I've only met her a couple times personally, um, but she coached at Minnesota Duluth. And so she was coaching at Minnesota Duluth when I was at Wisconsin. So we played against her obviously a few times. Very good coach, very intelligent. Um, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot from her. Nice. That's cool. Hey, Shaver, are you still with us? No, we lost John. Oh, I think I'm good. Oh, he is. Okay. Good. There he is. Good. <laughs> Am I good? Yeah, you're good, buddy. I made it. Do you have a question, John? So, or you're good? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> what's something you would like to see incorporated in women's hockey? Would you like to see maybe contact, possibly, coming from uh, playing with boys growing up? Is that something you would be with? You know, it's something I kind of um, have teetered with a little bit. Uh, I forget that question a decent amount. I think being a smaller player, I enjoy that there's not contact. Um, but at the same time, I I love the aggression. I love the physicality that we have, and I think it'd be awesome if we could somehow incorporate like checking, you know, only along the boards, like no um, open ice checks. I think you know if we were to incorporate or open ice checks, I think a lot of it would be really tough for a lot of us to transition because. I think we do get caught with our head down quite a bit, but obviously when you get the more elite elite level, it's less of that, but it'd be pretty cool if there was a little bit more physicality allowed. Probably draw a little more spectators if you got uh, um, contact in there, maybe some fighting. Are you a good fighter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Fighting, I, I mean, I probably could give some girls a run for their money, maybe you know, all the ones that are you know five, you know, five foot five and shorter, but that's about it. <laughs> Well, well, Ty Domi is pretty small. He's a fighter. But, Brianna, talk a little bit about the Olympics, the gold medal winner. I mean, that's got to be crazy. You've been on numerous talk shows all over the place. I think you were on the Ellen show, right? Um, we're not worthy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's unreal. I mean, it's is it still surreal to you? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I really feel like because we've been so busy since we've won, it's been about, I think it's they, someone said it was six months today or yesterday but um since we've won but it's like who's counting yeah exactly right but it's pretty surreal um hasn't really set in i think you know we yeah we we went to a lot of celebrity shows we went to a lot of nhl games a lot of nhl um teams supported us and we're allowed you know allowed us to drop the puck and recognize us which was really cool I think, um, you know, the, one of the best things has been able to go home back to Wisconsin. Um, went home in May for a couple weeks. And being able to share it with everyone from there was pretty pretty awesome. I think just knowing they supported me my entire career and being able to go back and share it with them, it meant a lot to them. So we had uh, Troy Terry on last week, and he was talking a little bit about his uh, shootout experience in the U18s. Want to give us a little bit about your perspective of the, the shootout in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean... Well, from my perspective, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to shoot, so I'm going to get the best spot on the bench. <laughs> um, but besides that, it was um, – I was pretty confident in our team, not like once during the shootout that I think we like weren't going to like take home the gold. So that was kind of an awesome feeling. But as soon as it, all five shooters won for each team, when then when we had to go first and Dawson had to shoot first before Canada, I was like pretty – I actually got pretty nervous. Like my stomach kind of dropped, so – 
that was uh, my perspective. Uh, a couple of my, a lot of everyone watched the shootout except for Casey Bellamy, defenseman on our team. She didn't watch one shot either way, so she just had head <laughs> down like in, behind everybody standing. So, but it's like no one knew that she was doing that until you know post shootout, post win, because she's like no, everyone was watching the entire thing. I think all of us here, you know, are are all ex hockey players and stuff, and I think I enjoyed watching the girls play in the Olympics more than I enjoyed watching the men, to be honest. I, I thought it was a little bit more fun to watch, frankly. So uh, I appreciate it a great deal. And Thank you. That was awesome. No, it's great for the sport, too. Especially, was it 20 years since they, they won the gold? So Yeah, 20 years. One of the uh, guys on here, Rob, he always said if he won a gold medal when he was a kid, he was going to melt it down and get gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, not going to lie it have thought about it. It'd be a nice, yeah. nice girl like that, but not yeah, that nice girl. Yeah. See, it's not a crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll have to win in four years again and maybe think about it. There you go. Right. Pretty cool with gold girl. Let's get into a little more uh, of a detailed topic with you. Is just about the two women's hockey league, the Canadian Hockey League and the uh, American League. I know you went from uh, Canadian to American back to Canadian. To me, it's is it a touchy subject or no? Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about that? First of all, yeah. Can you no, explain I mean, the difference between the two leagues and the, the you know yeah. for everybody listening? Some of us don't know anything, Brianna. Okay, so yeah, so the NWHL um, is it's based out of the U.S. and there's four teams in it. There's the New York Riveters, Buffalo Buttes, uh, Connecticut Whale, and then the Boston Pride. So I played for that um, that league uh, for two years. And it, it's a three-year-old league now. So uh, that's kind of the basis behind that. And they were like the first women's league to ever pay uh, their players. So that was one reason that we kind of jumped on board um, initially with the league, but also being able to grow the game in the U.S. as well. Um, I know that we need to do that better and, you know, be a bigger, have a bigger part in that. So that's kind of the NWHL. The CWHL is based out of Canada, but there is one actually based out of China. This will be their second year. And then, a CWHL team that's based out of Boston, Boston Blades. So um, I played on the Blades before uh, four years ago or three years ago now. I think four years ago now, yeah. And so and they have about six teams in their league, you know, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary. And so between the leagues, it's not a touchy su- subject to talk about them. I think maybe because I've played in both leagues, so I've kind of actually can talk about them. But uh, both try, they both are paying their players now. A little bit of a salary. I think it's mostly preference what you want to play in. Um, there's a lot of national team players uh, for both leagues that play in the leagues, but then there's also players who have only played in college and have are now deciding they still want to play hockey um, professionally. So either way, um, it's kind of preference and location of where you want to live. Yeah, and they're also uh, in the Canadian league. They have twice as many games, don't they? Yeah, that as well. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also like looking like playing in Calgary would be awesome to actually play with some of the Canadian players. I don't know a lot of them off the ice that well, but obviously pretty familiar with them on the ice. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited to play with them. You know, they're obviously very dedicated and talented athletes as well. So it'd be fun to be able to compete with them for once instead of against. And one of your teammates from Wisconsin and also on Team USA, Hillary Knight, has also gone to Montreal, correct? Yeah, correct. Yep. So uh, is there a hashtag one league movement going on right now? Yeah, honestly, (laughs) I think for us players, 
for all of us players, but especially the national team players for Canada and for the U.S., uh, that's our goal is to have one league. I think um, it will be the most substantial thing that we can have. It's, it's hard to grow the game when they're, we're all spread out, but if we can have one league and you know have the NHL possibly back us up in the league, that would be a huge statement for women's hockey and help grow the game a little bit faster. And the Americans will surely dominate, I'm sure. I, I mean, I think so too. You're right on. <laughs> I mean, it only makes sense to get one league to, you know, get everyone in, involved into that one league and build up to a championship like the NHL. I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm just hoping that for women's hockey that uh, both commissioners can come together and, you know, kind of get figured out because, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're stalling at. I don't know. I guess I don't know behind the scenes of um, why they're not control or yeah, what we're in the same boat too. Like us players don't understand some of that behind the scenes stuff, but I think it, you know, it may take us players to make a statement and figure something out together and work at something together to help uh, the one league idea come together faster. It only makes sense. And I, and I hope it does. Um, this is our actually our 20, what third podcast. So we're starting a calendar, maybe a calendar of like the uh, sports illustrated shot. You guys did the body issue. <laughs> yeah we're, we're, we're thinking rob will be our lead uh yeah our cover our cover model we're thinking yeah, okay, yeah, say I am... as long as you have a grill <laughs> <laughs> for all you listeners out there that didn't know uh there's a body cover for illustrated were you on the cover or no i don't think uh we we're on some of the covers they like have different covers like for different areas of the u.s i think so what Sports Illustrated does is takes like body shots of professional athletes, football players, baseball players, primarily pretty much with no clothes on. And they got the U.S. women's uh, hockey team with shots from behind, butt naked. You guys are butt naked out on the ice, eh? Oh, yeah. It's pretty cold out there. <laughs> <laughs> Was that kind of weird? There had to be numerous people out there, right? I mean, at least four um, or five Oh yeah, there was probably like six or seven people, and I think our head, <laughs> the head photo, head photo guy is a guy, which obviously like it doesn't make a difference, but <laughs> you become pretty uh, comfortable with everyone quickly. <laughs> so did your uh, your father, your brothers have any issues with you doing that? Um, well, I didn't ask, <laughs> I just did, but um, they, some of them, I mean, they were like super cool. But we never. It's like a thing with my brothers and my dad. I never talked about. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd see that be a little bit awkward. But I've only looked at yeah. it once. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we we knew we'd have a problem with Pat behaving all the way through the show. So. <laughs> I was waiting for his true colors to come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four beers deep. That usually comes out then. <laughs> Why don't you finish? I, I think it's, I mean, truly it's, I mean, I look at it like it's an honor to talk to you. I think with all that you've accomplished in your Absolutely. career and stuff like that, I think, yeah, I think it's an absolute honor to talk to you. I think, uh, I mean, you're kind of like the Connor McDavid of the, uh, you know, of women's hockey and in our opinion anyways. And awesome. you want to, awesome. you want to, whoever, yeah, I mean, let's compare it to whoever <laughs> the big, the big guys are, but um, you no, want to talk McDavid. a bit? I'll take Connor. Yeah, I want, I want Connor McDavid. He's, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's hot. Yeah, they actually, um, they said like your 2015 season, if 
if you compared it to Connor McDavid and the amount of games he played, you would have had like uh, 150 points in an NHL season, which would be surpassing <laughs> all of the the men. So I think you're doing all right. Yeah, I mean, the leagues are a little different. Yeah, a little but not too bad. <laughs> Let's not take away anything from yourself. But do you want to talk any, a bit at all about any of the uh, kind of the charity work you do? Like we saw something about the Rise Against Hunger. Um, do you want to talk a bit yeah. about that? Yeah, so um, I'm involved with the nonprofit um, Rise Against Hunger. Their goal is to end hunger, world hunger by 2030. And so I got involved with them actually prior to the Olympics and was able to sell T-shirts with their lo- logo on it and um, with my, my last name on in the back as well. And then I just took um, half the proceeds and uh, donated them to Rise Against Hunger. So I'm involved with them. And I don't know, it's just like a huge, I think I've um, always been willing to, and wanting to get involved with a nonprofit, and this one kind of came about. It's been going great so far, and I'm continuing to give back and help out with different events with them as well. Nice. Uh, I had one question for you. My daughter, who's a hockey player, hockey fan, she wanted me to ask you. Um, Charlotte wanted to ask, what is your favorite ice cream? Great. <laughs> Tell her first off, great question. It's my favorite food. I mean, <laughs> like, I can't have it often, but when I do, um, favorite flavor would probably be chocolate chip cookie dough yeah Yeah, like with dip dip in like a cone dipped in sprinkles (laughs) that's pretty american right there i'll give you (laughs) i have a question for you we'll go around the horn here guys everybody come up with a question for vienna that doesn't have to do with hockey so if you um if you go out with your friends to a club do you prefer beer or some kind of girly cocktail well, I'm from Wisconsin, so hands down, beer. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Are you a uh, – do you play Fortnite at all? I don't. I don't. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> she just missed it. She's 28, so. <laughs> Brianna, we're, we're from New York, so tell us something about Wisconsin that, you know, us Yankees wouldn't know. Uh, the Friday Night Fish Fry is a must-have. Friday night fish fry. Yeah. What kind of fish is being fried? Uh, it's cod. It's there's all there's also walleye. There's honestly, I don't know. I just get usually big, the big fish every Friday night if I go home. But <laughs> other than that, you got to try the cheese curds too. They're fried cheese curds. So Ooh, fried cheese. Like basically like every food. <laughs> basically every food you don't like, don't like that isn't healthy. You should come to Wisconsin because that's where it's at. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds exactly the same as here. What's the uh, what's the what's the favorite hotspot restaurant when you go back to Wisconsin? Uh man, um, from a small town, so give the little guy a shout out. out. I should. Um, the five o'clock club is uh, out of Pewaukee, Wisconsin, which is a little further out of town from me, but that's definitely a spot where we go for Friday fish fry. Awesome. Five o'clock club. How about you, Shaver? Got a question for us? Is uh, Camp Randall on a Saturday the craziest place in college football? Yes, uh, definitely. I was gonna, that's why I was going to give a couple bars a shout-out in Madison for uh, a good place to go. But, um, yes, it's insane, and it's, I'm so happy and so thankful that I went to college there because it was very fun. How about Aaron Rodgers, your fan? Yep. He's my favorite male athlete. Favorite female athlete would be Serena Williams. Nice. Well, I think we got the bases covered on all the uh... – questions for Brianna. We appreciate you coming on to the Blue Line Hockey Club. It's been great talking to you. And uh, I think we'd like to get a couple of your friends from from USA Hockey on sometime too and chat with them. 
So we appreciate yeah, you coming on and talking to us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you all. Yeah, thanks, thanks. again. Yep. Come thanks on again. Appreciate it. Come on again. We'll promote your uh, hockey league. All right, awesome. Have a good night. All right, bye. All right, Vienna Decker coming on tonight. That was pretty cool, our first female interview. And we went right to the top. She's uh, probably Rob one of the best his, in the world. Rob, Rob took his shirt off when she came on. Um, <laughs> it's hard to get warm. Good things she couldn't see. I knew we should have had her video. <laughs> no, but she is uh, she is uh, arguably the best woman hockey player out there right now. So that's pretty cool to get her on the show and have uh, somebody with her status and not having somebody that we uh, I must my train of thought. We just got Shaver on here and he has his shirt off too. So <laughs> sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> No, she. I mean, she's she's the top female professional hockey player, and to get a gold medal winner on podcast is awesome. And uh, I, I hope we get her and more uh, um, of her colleagues, I guess, if you want to call them, on the show to promote the league. And to me, I mean, Shaver, what do you think? It's is it not a no brainer to join the two leagues, like? There's got to be something where they don't like each other. I don't understand. To for for both of them to join, I think their revenue is going to increase. Like, what is what is the problem? Like, I, I don't, what could it be? I think I think without I think without really knowing, it's all money, which most things are. When I was interested that she said that one of the leagues is run by a company out of China, which is yeah. trying to grow the game, which was kind of odd to me. But if they could combine them and get maybe six teams in the States and six teams up North women's hockey at that level actually is fun to watch because it flows really well. They don't block a lot of shots. They're not in the corner a lot. It just, it's constant movement and they have skills, man. So it's actually, it could work. I just, they need to get one league with, you know, maybe 10 teams. Yeah. And if they had one league, they could try to get a TV contract, you know, and get those TV rights to produce more money for the leagues. And, you know, one league probably doesn't want to give up their status as, you know, who's going to take over the CWHL or the NWHL, you know, so they've probably got a little pride there going to. Yeah. They just got to find their niche. You know, it's, I go up, obviously, we, you know, being here in Canton, we watch uh, my wife and I, and uh, my son you go up and watch some of the women's uh, college games. And I, I really enjoy watching it to be honest with you. I, I really do. It's really a finesse game. It's uh, it's really enjoyable to watch. And I think if they find their right niche, you know, kind of, you know, market it properly. I think you know they, they, there's something to it for sure. I think so if I, they piggyback piggyback off the NHL, that would help. If they could get some teams involved and maybe little feeder programs, like with Buffalo being there, Boston Pride being there, um, maybe do a afternoon game before a Sabres seven o'clock game, something like that to get people into the rink. I don't know. I, I think they would take off, but it's just like you guys said, they got to get. Uh, both leagues together. I don't think they're playing in the big venues yet either. I don't think they play in the NHL rinks. So if they could do that as well and get the bigger venues to get people to come out, you know, it's more exciting to go to uh, the NHL arenas to play for fans to watch, I guess I should say. To Shaver's point, that's a great idea to have a game before an NHL game. I mean, I mean, you, you got people who go there early anyways, you know, that are out in the parking lot tailgating and boozing, why not get get them a, a you know a ten dollar ticket or you know whatever, get them in the the doors to watch them play. They just have to get together. It's it's almost 
to me, it's almost stupid that they're not getting together. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, it'll get there, man. You, you look at the growth of the women, like even in just in like the past 10 years, like where women's hockey has come, you know, over the last last decade. I mean, it's it's night and day, you know what I mean? So it, it'll get there. It's just uh, the quality of play is starting to go through the roof, you know what I mean? These these girls are legit major athletes now, you know what I mean? And they uh, it, it'll get there just the time, I believe. I, the game has evolved so much in such a short time as it is. I, I think it would just take a couple people seeing the game, and then uh, I think they would get hooked. Hockey's hockey. Uh, at that level, it's good to watch. You just People aren't getting the opportunity to really see it right now, so I think if they could do it, it, it would take off. And at the minor hockey level, too, women's hockey is, is really taken off, so you could kind of market it to those young girls that are playing now and have them be able to go watch professional women play. Yeah, for sure. What's going on in the NHL these days now? Any any news on anything? I did see that Carlson talks are heating up again, but nothing has happened. Vancouver is coming to the mix with him, and also Dallas and Tampa are still being talked about. But I don't know, Shaver, have you heard anything on that? They said something about Vancouver today, and then Elliot Friedman talked to their GM, and he obviously denied it. They have no, haven't even talked about it. He's not going to Vancouver, I don't think. They're not yeah. close yet. If he's going somewhere, he's going to dictate where he's going to go, and they're going to trade him and get a boatload. Because if they don't, next July he's gone for nothing. So they yeah, need right. to do something. But exactly. I saw Rangers something. picked up a shitty goalie. Did you see that, Derek? I did. I don't even. I didn't even know the guy's name to be honest with you. So I can't. I mean, that's not taking any away from. Him, but I, I saw it and I was like, oh well, big fucking deal. But anyways, yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I I think I don't know who's who is. He's not designed to be there to be a backup to Lundqvist, though, is he? Well, he's coming in to be one of the backups, possibly if the current backup doesn't work out. Yeah, no, I I saw that and I was like, yeah, don't know who that guy is, but anyways, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> who knows. I, I think they have a they have such a young, you know, they're trying to go so young. There's got to be somebody down in the you know in the kind of the farm system of of the Rangers that can contribute. I think quicker than signing a guy like that but we'll see pat and i were talking earlier <clears throat> i think you know i think we could do a lot better with our farm systems we need to you know tie them into usa hockey and our current systems now we're we're shedding a lot of players that are just getting burnt out we were just saying one player might make it but two three four five are falling off but if we could just keep more into those systems where they could play a little bit longer, they might just develop into, a, you know, the, the talent. Think of some of the players we play with now in men's league that you're like, holy shit. Now, I'm not saying some of those guys are going <laughs> to Don't take me wrong. Don't talking about me. Don't talk about me. What I am saying is if there was a place for them to grow a little bit further beyond college or – juniors you know just a little bit past that then you know you might be able to keep more players in from within the you know the system there was actually just uh, an article that mark was talking about how these nhl teams are uh starting to build practice facilities newer practice facilities and they're actually making money off them because they're you know you, you take a practice facility it's just kind of the basic barn with uh two to four locker rooms and they're getting corporate sponsors to put their name on that building 
and uh, growing hockey that way, which makes sense if you, if you take uh, the Hurricanes down here in North Carolina who have been on, you know, the cusp of uh, bankruptcy and they're trying all these different things. Um, to me, why don't you guys build a couple rinks in the north, the south, the west, or the east, just the basic barn, and get these kids out there on the ice and that actually grows the sport. I mean, you're talking seventy, eighty thousand dollars to build a rink, and um, you know, getting those kids on the ice, even if it's public skating, you know, they get infatuated with the sport of hockey, and that leads to buying T-shirts, wanting their dad to take them to, you know, the Hurricanes games, things like that. I mean, they got to think outside the box to grow this sport. Yeah, just to touch on that a little bit, Pat. It's actually they're not building seventy, eighty thousand dollar rinks. Uh, the Blues just broke ground on their practice rink, sixty-eight million dollar rink, two hundred seventy-five thousand square feet with four rinks in it. And, just a little, uh, just a little, just a little, little bit. Lot. But in the Minnesota Wild, um, just opened up their new pre- practice rink as well, and they have uh, five hundred forty thousand square feet with like a Treasure Island Center and downtown. St. Paul, which I'm assuming is like a uh, some kind of attraction for kids and shit like that. So these teams, what they're doing is they're creating these practice facilities with other rinks in, in the cities because in the city area, it's just not a lot of rinks for kids to play at. So if they want to play, they have four rinks at these practice facilities and they're opening up a lot of them to the public. So they have like, I think one of the rinks, they have like 5,000 hours for public rentals um, another rink it's like 94 percent of it's for public rentals basically they're trying to bring all these kids in to play in these rinks with all you know sell merchandise and all this other stuff like you talk about get them involved get them to you know become fans of the teams and also you talked about naming rights where the the regular arenas are getting four to six million dollars for naming rights but the practice facilities now are getting anywhere from 750000 to a million dollars to have their name on that building. So that's another way they're generating money for their teams. You know, so it's kind of becoming another business on the side as far as where these guys are practicing. The last thing I'm going to talk about is that they're building these facilities to recruit players to come play there. So if you got a guy that comes in to look at the organization and wants to sign with your team, you take them to your practice facility and say, Hey, look, this is what we have to offer. And they have gyms in there, uh, players lounges, nutrition places for them to eat. So they have all these other amenities for the players opposed to some of the older practice facilities that are just a barn. So teams are starting to upgrade to help lure guys into their arena. John, you want to touch on Lardy stores in there? They better. The uh, the Red Wings new facility has a 1500 seat practice facility in it that the Little Caesars program plays out of. So when you come out of their locker room, you take a left and you go on to the new sheet of ice where it's 20,000 seats, or they take a right and go to a rink with 1500 seats in it, and it's absolutely ridiculous. So like you said, guys that are they're trying to pick up as free agents. They, you know, wheel him through there and then say, hey, your kid's eight years old. He's nine years old. He's going to play for Little Caesars when he gets here anyway. Here's his practice rink. You're going to go to practice and your kid's going to go to practice at the same time. It's unreal, yeah. this rink. It's unreal. It's 
nicer than any barn we've played in growing up even anywhere it's and it's all all their banners are in there the kids are in there they have programs every day it's crazy yeah it's becoming a, a real thing for the nhl to spend money on that kind of stuff That's and a great uh, idea. yeah yeah they're just trying to see one of the rinks i think they said there was like uh like a ridiculous amount of locker rooms so like 25 locker rooms and you know like just the ability to like house big tournaments for youth hockey and all this other stuff so bringing teams in from outside the area not just their metropolitan area too is it nicer than the golden dome though or probably not any fucking hotter (laughs) (laughs) nothing's there the ice is terrible it's a nice facility (laughs) looks like epcot center it they does. never did us any favors playing you guys, though. There was it's just a shit show. So, but uh, it's pretty neat to see from the outside. Looks like a big golf ball. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Speaking of golf, we got a little golf match going on tomorrow. What's we got going on? Peters going. Uh, D Train, myself. Yeah, and be a lot uh, of fun. Jordan Jordan Greenway is gonna hit the sticks with us. Big wager on that one. I think it was it oh. was a thousand thousand dollars a guy. You guys went cheap, cheap fox. How'd you do, uh, Shaver and the Molson? Uh, pretty good. Uh, 18 holes, we shot 10 under. I drank a bottle and a half of Crown Royal and two liters of ginger ale, so it was a good turnout. <laughs> Man, that's why you shot so good. That's why you did well. Yeah, it was not, not bad. Uh, did you walk off the course? Yeah, yeah, it was good. I, uh, we put eight of us in one uh, Ford truck and drove her down to our buddy's house to keep the party rolling. Had a ping pong tournament. And, uh, <laughs> I never w- went to the boys' club, so I lost first round. I-, I had trouble. I didn't know if I was right or left-handed with the ping pong paddle, so <laughs> I struggled a bit. Couldn't decide. <laughs> What's that tournament for? Uh, which one? Our old timers tournament? The Molson, the one you played in. Uh, that's for our men's hockey team. Um, we'll just take some of that money and give it to uh, minor hockey. And then we split it up other ways. Like we bought uh, stuff for the new arena, coat racks. Um, we bought one year, we bought a bunch of med kits and I don't know, just whatever minor hockey needs. We kind of throw a little money their way and just uh, a reason in the summer to get a bunch of guys that like hockey and golf together. You don't necessarily have to like either two of them. So uh, we usually have a good turnout. We had 20 teams this year, so it was good. Yeah, it's a good time. Good for the youth hockey. So, guys, we have, um, I think the first preseason game is the 15th of September. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read that. Um, so that means camp's got to be starting, like, now, right? Like, ASAP? Yeah. Jordan's got to report back here on, uh, I think, Thursday, a week from tomorrow. He actually takes out from uh, Syracuse on Friday. So uh, I guess Minnesota is back into full swing, yes. So I'm assuming everything else is, everyone else is. Creeping in, it's creeping in. Yeah, so I think that starts starts up in three weeks here, and we have 110 preseason games to talk about before the season starts. So that's a lot of preseason hockey. That is a lot. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to the Blue Line Hockey Club. We appreciate you checking us out on our website and Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you're sharing our stuff and getting it out there across the country. And if you want to hear us talk to Kerry Frazier next week, he is a legend in the referee world. He's uh, 
13 Stanley Cup finals he's refed in almost 2,000 games. So tune in next week for that exciting episode. Until next time, folks, keep your stick on the ice. Tell you. Yeah. Keep your head up. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah.